Susanna Medora Salter became America's first female mayor at the age of 27. A group of misogynistic men accidentally helped her get elected in a plan so dumb only politicians could come up with it. The year was 1887 in Argonia, Kansas. Susanna was involved with the Women's Christian Temperance Union, a group that advocated for prohibition. That year, women had been given the right to vote in city elections. The group saw this election as a prime opportunity. First, they could use the power of the new female vote to help get prohibition candidates elected. Second, if successful, it would help the town see the group as legit. A meeting was held to choose their candidates. A few anti-prohibition men showed up to heckle, thinking they could interrupt the process and influence who was selected. It didn't work. Back in the day, elections were run very loosely. No one registered before election day and political groups would make pre-printed ballots that voters could drop in the ballot box. With this in mind, the men set out on a new plan. They crafted a ballot that was almost identical to the women's group's ballot. The only difference was they swapped out the mayoral candidate for Susanna. They thought people would see a female candidate and write the whole group off as extremists and lunatics. People were confused, especially the women's group. They realized what had happened and asked if Susanna wanted to be taken off the ballot. Susanna refused. The group dropped their chosen candidate and backed her. By the end of the day, a group of misogynistic men just knocked down a glass ceiling and made Susanna the first female mayor in the United States. Did you know that the armed forces required female recruits to wear red lipstick just to tick off Hitler? Throughout history, wearing red lipstick was seen as an expression of female independence and rebellion. Back in ancient Egypt, women who wore it were prostitutes. In the 20th century, American women were seen as immoral and heretics. Suffragettes began wearing red lipstick just to take off men and assert themselves. But that was all about the change. During World War II, more and more women joined the workforce to replace men. Women started wearing red lipstick as a sign of confidence. Companies even began producing colors for the cause, like Patriot Red and Fighting Red. When women joined the armed forces, they were even required to wear red lipstick. All of a sudden, red lipstick became synonymous with American values and, of course, disdain for fascism. While red lipstick was a sign of female resilience in the U.S., to Hitler it was repulsive. He decreed that the ideal German woman was wholesome, clean, and fresh face. That meant no makeup. Hitler even shut down cosmetic companies, ruling them a non-essential commodity. Eventually, allied countries realized it aggravated Hitler to see women in red lipstick, so he started encouraging women to wear it even more. In fact, the government got Elizabeth Arden to create a lip and nail color for women to wear in the army. It was called Montezuma Red. Louisa Catherine Adams was the first first lady to be born outside of the United States. In fact, she didn't move to America until four years after marrying John Quincy Adams. Before becoming First Lady, she was a diplomat's wife. While she was charming and classy, she was also full of grit. She moved to Russia with her two-year-old son to be with her husband. The environment was harsh, she was in poor health and had little money. While there, she gave birth to a daughter who died before her second birthday. When her husband was sent to London, Louisa set off to join him. With her young son in tow, she took off on a 40-day trek across war-torn Europe. Her husband would fail to win re-election. However, Louisa would remain a public figure. John would run for Congress and win and spend the next 17 years of his life serving his country. 
Louisa and John were both ardent supporters of abolition. In fact, Louisa helped him sort through petitions he was sent on slavery. She was also a supporter of women's rights and even linked the plight of women to that of slaves to further the cause of both. She received a lot of criticism for being from England. Louisa was perceived as royalty and snobby. The mudslinging was so bad, she made a direct response to some of the allegations, making it the first time a woman would respond directly to false stories in the national media. John would die from a stroke on the floor of Congress. Louisa made it in time to see him just before he passed. She spent the rest of her life defending his record and reputation and writing several autobiographies. Now that you know where we've been, find out where we're going. Tune in to Ladies Love Politics, where you can stay informed without going insane.